the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, Les Miles forces himself out of a job and the NFL salary cap drops, but that doesn't stop Jerry Jones from paying Dak. Then we'll talk about baseball attendance policies, Johnny Damon's DUI, the Woodpecker schedule, and recap this week's UFC fights. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 67 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyard of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. It's your favorite hirsute host, Mac. <laughs> and I'm Heather. I, I just, mm, I don't like this, Lewis. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find us, you can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. Heather, I can already tell you're having a rough week, but how are we I, doing this? Week? I really am. I really am. My like, yesterday was just <clears throat> was just not my day at all. I got my keys in my car, and then nearly had it done. I don't know about you, Tim, but we lost Heather there for a second. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I'm just going to translate for, for Heather and oh. say that she's had a rough go. Yeah. Uh, apparently, oh. I what I did get from her breaking up is she locked her keys in her car. Um, I'm pretty sure she said she stepped on a pile of Legos. Uh, she bumped, slammed her big toe into the like end table. Um, and she knocked her glass of water off the end table all over her keys and her cell phone. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how bad her week's been. Spilled her coffee, broke her shoelace, all smeared her lipstick on her face. Um, oh, Lord, now you're cutting out. I'm saying this one's on Heather's end. Yeah, I think so, too, because I, I, Mac and I are fine. Well, oh, there we go. Okay, it froze. Yeah, you're catching up, and she's out. And she's out. Well, right, as, so we'll, as, just, we'll as, just cut that out. Okay, as we work to get Heather back in because of her technical difficulties, uh, Tim, uh, you know, I had a, it's been a week, but I, you know, it's been better than the last, you know, few weeks. So I'm not really going to bitch about it. No. Um, you know, like, unfortunately, my desktop, desktop computer went out, but for some reason, my nice, fancy microphone actually works on this much better than it worked on the, the desktop, um, you know. I did my first stream today. It was pretty cool. It's been a good day, man. Yeah. So tell us about that stream real quick. Uh, yeah, it's the You Don't Know History podcast uh, Twitch stream. Uh, today we we talked about uh, Bobby Sands in the movie Hunger, starring Michael Fassbender, uh, in the 1981 hunger strike uh, via rape prisoners in Ireland. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was it was pretty sweet, man. Yeah. Um, and my buddy from Left Flank Vets uh, came on, Dick Warlock. Um, who loved the movie. He had already seen it a few times and just wanted a reason to watch it again and talk about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, you know, we, we had some, uh, some production issues, but it's just, you know, him trying to coach me through how everything works and, you know, it's going to take some time. I'm, I'm essentially going to go with one of those boring, you know, uh, service provided backgrounds. So it doesn't look like hammered ass next time uh, until, one of, uh, you know, hopefully my my fans is like, dude, I can do this for you like they did for Left Flank because all those great graphics you see on Left Flank, uh, they had a fan come out and say, hey, dude, I'll do it for X amount. 
just fucking nice. done. So, you know, maybe maybe I can get like a computer nerd to come on and be like, bro, we can do better than this. But, you know, until then, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out this production stuff. Um, I'm not happy about it because I'm not good at it. But I figure with time, it, it'll get easier. I also okay. said also said about, you know, producing and editing a podcast, which after 13 episodes, it hasn't gotten that much easier. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, wait, but. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been keeping pretty busy this week. You know, we're we're counting down the uh, the days. Who knows? Maybe even by this time next week, I won't even be on the show for a little while because uh, that baby's coming soon. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't kicked his way out of the womb yet. Uh, he's tried. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I spent a couple of days i'm uh this month i am on the boozy bracketology podcast which is a whole bunch of fun um it, it's basically f- a panel of five people arguing the top and, 64 of a topic yeah and see like dude we talked about that before and that sounds like fun but i feel like you can hurt some feelings with that one. Oh, i absolutely uh have hurt some feelings and had my feelings hurt on that show um and that's the whole reason I'm on because they're wrong so damn often. Uh, <laughs> well, see, that's great, man. That makes uh, me happy. So, uh, so we're arguing the uh, the top TV show theme songs this month, and the uh, the second episode came out tonight, actually Wednesday. Uh, they do two episodes a week, one on Sunday and one on uh, Wednesday. Uh, with the episodes spanning the entire month. So, uh, well, I'm going to tell you right now, you're all wrong if Cheers isn't number one. Right? Cheers is the, I, I, I won't give any spoilers, but Cheers is the number one seed in the post 80s sitcom, uh, uh, post 80s sitcom uh, region. Uh, first off, post 80s, it came out in the 80s, post 1980. Like they did oh. a 1980 cutoff. Okay. All right. That's so, okay. There, there, hey, there are, there are four, re- there are four regions. You have pre 1980 sitcoms, post 1980 sitcoms, uh, animation and children's. So we're arguing stuff like DuckTales versus South Park. <laughs> and then uh, drama, action, sci-fi are the four regions. Man, that's, that's so busy. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I couldn't drink that much because I would start getting like belligerent about what I really liked and I'd get my region screwed up. And, you know, yeah, I'd I'm, like, I'm pretty sure that's why they keep it to just like two hour recordings. Yeah. You know, well, Heather, you, you're back. How you doing? I'm fine. Hey, I'm, I thought you were like setting up a new room. So I was like, no, did, did that's why I was like, did Karen go into labor? Like what? Why is this taking so long? Hey, Tim and oh, I. No, no. Tim and I. Tim and I have been treading water while you dealt with your issues in Washington. (laughs) All right. Well, let's dive into the show. And the reason that we held on for Heather is topic number one. Oh, we're still recording. Great. Yes. Oh, yeah. Les Miles just continues to end up. I mean, I think his career is over. He uh, is receiving a settlement from Kansas as a buyout of just shy of 
two million dollars. Tim, I wrote the actual number in there. Read it because it's yeah, absurd. one million nine hundred and ninety one thousand sixty two dollars and fifty cents. Yep. So just shy of that two million dollar mark. Uh, Miles had an eight mil- had eight million dollars left on his contract going through twenty twenty three. Uh, and this all stems from the findings of the LSU sexual harassment, sexual assault cases that are starting to surface, in which it was revealed that Les Miles, as far back as 2012 or 2013, was banned from spending any time with female students alone. Okay, and, and keep in mind, it's not just him like walking into classrooms. These are young women that were trying to like intern. You know, they were interning and, and, and learning the ins and outs of the college football uh, programs so they could eventually go and work in that field. Um, you know, so which I find like they're both detestable, you know, things to do. But I, I think that's even like more gross, yeah. you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. And one one uh, addition to your notes here that you sent over this afternoon, I think uh, uh, A.D. Jeff Long is now out. In Kansas. Oh, I didn't even see an update on any uh-huh. of my apps, but I would not be surprised. Now, it, th- this is, I know I wrote it in the notes. Keep in mind, this is this is a small uh, public university that literally just did away with three degree pads to save like $260,000. But they're paying former coaches over $4 million just to not coach. Um, you know, I mean, that's... Uh, the horrible thing is that uh, David Beatty, the for- who was a head coach before Les Miles, sued Kansas because Jeff Long decided he was going to fire Beatty for cause just so he could hire Les Miles. Uh, he sued the university and won, and then they settled out of court, uh, and that's how Beatty ended up with you know his uh, fat check. Um, yeah, and I did just confirm Jeff Long is no longer the yeah, uh, he's out. Yeah, the oh, AD. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what killed me is I was reading an article from uh, Lawrence's newspaper or the you know the website that acts as Lawrence's newspaper, and most of the article was about how Jeff Long has always struck out on hiring good football coaches, going back to his time as the athletic director at Arkansas. Not the fact that Les Miles is a fucking creep, but mm-hmm. the fact that he doesn't know how to hire good coaches. Um, and. I think that's a damning indictment of where we're at, you know, as a country where we, you know, we've let, uh, you know, clicks drive, uh, you know, what people, what journalists write. Like, I, I, I know this. Uh, that's why I haven't sold a story in like a month um, because I don't want to write swill. Right. W- when you write an article like that, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. What the focus should be, you know, uh, miles reprehensible actions it should be his shit behavior going back to lsu and those young women that he you know took advantage of um you know and assaulted or harassed you know but we're worried about how bad jeff long is at hiring football coaches like yeah. come the fuck on man i know yeah. i know heather's got some thoughts about less miles oh so. yeah i do yeah i do uh well and as you both saw this weekend that i publicly condemned him Yes, and, yes. and said, I, I will not associate with that man, period, at all, ever. Um, so the 150-page 
uh, sexual harassment investigative report dropped, uh, which, which was that Blackwell report that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And it included basically three main findings. One, that LSU did not follow federal laws, best practices, or even its own policies in cases of reported sexual misconduct. The LSU athletic department incidents were not properly reported. And LSU has never appropriately staffed its Title IX office. I'm not surprised. Yeah. So in the wake of this, there has been uh, unpaid suspensions of two athletic department employees. Uh, and then obviously with Les Miles getting fired at, at, at KU. And what kind of stopped me is that I know one of the people that was is on his administrative leave right now. Uh, his name is Verge Osbury, and uh, he's one of the like executive assistants for the AD uh, for LSU, and he is implicated in the report uh, from an incident involving. Let me find the guy's name. Somebody who doesn't fucking matter. Um, oh, where is it? It's like Drake, I think it was Drake. Where are we at? Where are we at? Davis, oh. excuse me, excuse me, okay. Drake Davis, Drake Davis. He didn't report a text message that he received from Jake Davis saying that he had hit his girlfriend, former LSU player or LSU tennis player, Jade Lewis, who we spoke about several weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and he said that Davis recanted the confession when they talked on the phone. Of course the fuck he did. <laughs> and so so like that really kind of like it really for me that's that's almost the the nail in the coffin for me in lsu because it's like i know verge yeah. and all the interactions i've always had with him he's always been just a good dude but this this shit has got to stop like lsu i like this is this is absolutely on par with the Penn State and the Baylor. Yeah. Like it is. It, and it the thing it seems like it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I I don't at this point like I don't I don't I don't know what to fucking do. I don't know yeah. how they can fix this. Well, I mean, you don't. That that's the thing. There's it's it's just like a, a lot of the other systemic problems that we have, right? And a lot of other institutions. There is no fixing it. Right? You you blow it up. Um, like if, you know, uh, uh, hometown crowd podcast, uh, bugaboo, Miles Brand, uh, the shit stick that runs the NCAA, um, <laughs> you know, if he had stones uh, and Tim, you and I were friends uh, when all this when when Tattoo Gate was going down in Ohio State. Right. And, we, and, and, you know, you disagreed with me on it, but I said they should have shut that program down for a year. The thing is, if you make it so terrifying, right. For member institutions to act like this, they won't fucking do it because not because they have any moral compunctions about it. Heather, you've already pointed out that LSU has shown they have none uh, mm -hmm. when when it comes to this type of shit. Right. But if you hit them in the pocketbook, can you imagine LSU losing the football program's revenue generation for one or two years? You know? Oh, yeah. I, well, yeah, I know. 
You know, th- um, this is this is a school that almost didn't open five years ago because they didn't have the money, but they had mm-hmm. just got done building a lazy river through campus. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, don't even get me fucking it's started right? on that. Like, <laughs> don't even that, get me started on that. That goes um, to show you how fucked up the priorities are. And it's this is not just LSU. This, no, this is no. widespread. This, this oh is, yeah, this is widespread. It's just yeah, it's every major college uh, program in the fucking country. Uh, LSU is just quickly becoming the poster child for everything wrong with college. Yeah, the way Baylor did, yeah. you know, four years ago, five years ago. Oh yeah, for sure. And but but now what's really bad though is I I feel like shit is going to get a whole lot worse and it's going to go even deeper underground. To where, you know, where there is no paper trail or yeah. whatever, um, just because of how like technology is now compared to 2013, you know, it's, it's, it's huge. And, and something too, I want to note is like, you know, KU officials, you know, they're like, oh, well, we did background checks and we did all of those things, you know, like we vetted, we fully vetted him. And I'm sure they did to an extent but because and I can't necessarily knock them because you remember, like I was saying on the last recording, that incident in 2013 was buried so deep that it doesn't come up in public record yeah. searches. Yeah. So and I have a feeling KU didn't do much digging beyond that. You know, like, I, I, I think you're right. With that. You, you I mean, we, we've this shit's all just coming out because of two reporters. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they're the ones that kicked the hornet's nest and got this shit stirred up and exactly uh, you, you know i tip my cap to them for doing good investigative journalism and I, i'm sorry you have an issue when you've got law firms conducting you know independent reviews of your program oh yeah like yeah that's there's a fucking problem yeah because if the law firm is conducting the independent review in the matter in, in the matter of a criminal act which sexual harassment is that goes to show you that this is this involves local law enforcement, campus law enforcement. Yeah. Uh, you know? Can I make a point here? Um, obviously, this stuff is going on across the country. If this stuff is happening to you, I would recommend going to like a, a journalism outlet away from the campus. You know, don't 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 go to, you know, a newspaper in Baton Rouge. Don't report it like report it yeah, to the police, to the obviously. But, but you know what, though? I mean, the advocate, though, is the one that's, you know, releasing but, but a honestly, lot of with stuff. these sports programs, we can't trust that yeah. they're going to be unbiased. If you yeah. if you're if you're an LSU student who is a, a victim of this, go to Alabama and report <laughs> it to journalists <laughs> there. Go, 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 go somewhere else. Go to Oxford. Yeah, go to dude, Oxford. You know go to I mean? Alabama. Go to go to go to, go to Columbus. R- report it in somewhere else. And I guarantee you, your story gets heard. Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't mean to la- uh, laugh at, at what we're talking about, but just can you imagine if somebody from LSU, like uh, an unfortunate, you know, uh, victim, like drove their ass to Tuscaloosa, dude, they would have like every reporter. In oh yeah. On that thing, oh yeah. And, and that's sure. what I'm saying. Like you yeah. can't trust that local news outlets aren't going to be suppressed by the big college in town. Well, I mean, it, 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 I don't want to get us too far off track. Okay. Um, but see, this, this is the big, this is a big issue as a, a sports writer, right? A, a journalist. Yeah. Um, we have too much fanboydom 
in our, our sports reporting. Uh, way too much, right? Like, yeah. that doesn't make for good reporting. Actually, it makes for very shitty articles, uh, you know, because you're literally just sitting there stroking the ego of the coach. You know, uh, this this two-star walk-on special teamer, you know, is the next best thing since sliced bread. Like, it, it makes for shitty journalism. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say this. Cancel me if you will. Leave Tim and Heather alone. But it's because of fucking Barstool. You are the carbuncle <laughs> on the ass of sports journalism, and I hate you. Um, but that that's what it's become. You have a bunch of fanboys writing about their favorite teams. Well, yeah. They, they don't get into the nitty gritty of things like that. Well, they yeah, and there's there's know. a reason for that. You know, the, the Internet is a wonderful thing. The, the Internet gives us this platform. But if we're not being critical, you know, right now we are being critical of one of our team members' schools. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Who has a tattoo of that school? Be- because, because we could take the easy way out and just talk about how great Ohio State is and how great LSU is and hope that maybe they might like it or retweet it and get us fans and clicks and all of that. And grow our brand. You know, that that's why places like Barstool do what they do mm-hmm. and our fanboy reporters. I use that term very loosely. Yeah. Because all it is is about getting the clicks to grow the brand. It's not about the authenticity of your reporting. Yeah. 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 And I mean, trust me, like I said, that I mean, this is also part of why I'm having just a shit week because it's like I have had almost hero worship for LSU. My entire life. Yep. And and so it's it's definitely like that. That I guess that mirror is getting just shattered and it's just like, what what have I been supporting? And you guys know me like I'm huge into, you know, victim advocacy and women's issues and all of that. And it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. The fuck am I supposed to do here? But now I will say, though for the advocate for the Baton Rouge newspaper, they're the reason that anyone found out about that 2013 incident and investigation that got buried. So deep. they're the ones who found it. Yeah. But see, what what I'm interested in Heather is is where do they come from? I have a feeling like I I have a feeling they are not from Baton Rouge, that they are not eligible grads. They were just journalists that were there to do their job. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they, they did their job. Oh, and I'm fucking yes, proud of them for doing it. Like dude, it was, it's it's outstanding investigative journalism, is what yeah. it is. Because going, dude, you're going back eight years and sifting through the records and and testimony of things that are getting that are have been buried and buried by everybody involved. Like that's mm-hmm. that's not easy to get a hold of. No, uh, you know. So yeah, I commend those journal. You know, the two journalists that 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 broke the story. Yeah. Um, but you know, like. It, how many, how many though, before them turned the blind eye to it? Yeah. I mean, that's I, get, right. I get it. I get like, it. Like, sure. did the yeah. advocate have this story, you know, six, seven years ago and somebody else sat Just on it? Sat on it. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to say that is what happened, but this has been out there for a little while now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and that, yeah. that's the shitty thing. Like, you know, I, I granted, I, I graduated college late because, you know, I fucked around and did stupid things in the military for so long. But, that is a place where, you know, young people are supposed to feel comfortable enough to be themselves and grow as a person and, and develop their attitudes and ideas and ideals towards the world. And, 
you know, you've got a like literally this. This is probably the person with the highest authority on campus is, you know, when you go to the big schools, that is the fucking college football coach. Right. Yeah. And it is the college. It is the football players and the basketball players, you know, but Les Miles took that away from someone and they can't get it back. You know, uh, so he like he he is it, what, what's going to piss me off most. And I'll, I'll wrap it up after this. That way I'm not taking too much more time is that in a year, he's going to go on the rehab floor. I fucking put money on it, right? Oh, yeah. He may never get another job, but there are going to be networks and websites lined up to hire him because when he, in between that LSU and that Kansas job, what was he on? ESPN and everybody loved him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it, it's going to infuriate me to see him do the rehab tour and then see his ass back on. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I was going to say, too, I had a buddy of mine. Um, he was texting me this this weekend um, asking about it or whatever. And he's kind of one of those. He was like, you know, like the original investigative report said he wasn't guilty of harassment. I'm just wondering if we'll get more real evidence. And I get it that he's trying to be like subjective or well, objective. He's trying to be objective about yeah. it, you know. But I kept saying, I was like, I was like, here's this article. And then prior to this, it was this, you know. And so, and he said something that kind of stuck with me. And it's true because that's kind of what all of us at LSU wanted was he said, wish he could have really been the eccentric grass eating maniac uncle. Like he goes, but he had to be, but he had to be a predator. And he's right. Like, that's what we we just wanted to have a crazy uncle who eats grass on game day, you know, who you didn't necessarily know exactly what he was going to say. But, OK, we'll go with it, you know, and it's just it just sucks. It really sucks. Yeah, yep. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. So fuck you, Les Miles. And fuck, fuck you, you if Les you're Miles. getting if if you're out there and you're getting away with this. Fuck you, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The NFL salary cap is set and it is lower than many people expected. Uh, the cap for 2020 was 198.2 million and the 2021 cap drops 15.7 million down to 182.5. The lowest it's been since 2018. Um, it was expected. COVID definitely impacted the bottom line for a lot of teams, but you know, it hasn't stopped a lot of big money deals. Yeah, I mean, the, the J.J. Watt deal is the one that shocked me. Like, all three of us were talking about J.J. Watt. And what did I say? It, you know, especially, it, it, we'll, we'll take in your case, Tim, the Browns. I yep. told you, you give him two years, no more than five mil. He's an injury risk every season. Yeah. Uh, he's You know, they're paying him like an elite defensive end, which, I mean, I hate to say it, he's not anymore. Um, You know, he's, a, he's an established name. Mm-hmm. You know, but like I, you know, like we were talking, you know, you give him two years, five mil, and then you limit his snaps. That's the only way you're going to make that work, you know. Uh, and, and then you have the, uh, you know, the, the, they had to apply the franchise tag. Like Justin Simmons is going to make like 13 mil this year. Uh, Leonard Williams is a defensive tackle, defensive tackle playing for the Giants. I had a breakout year last year. He's making like 14 mil. You know, like there was a lot of big numbers uh, on the franchise tag application. So, you know, it. I'm interested to see how every team is going to spend, especially not to rub salt in the wound here, Heather, teams like your Saints 
who were way over the cap. Yeah, I think this puts them around 55 million over still. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, how do you, I mean, how do you shed a quarter of your budget or your salary? Yeah, and you got to think that 15 million, that's that could be one like superstar free agent. That could be three or four mid tier free agents. You know, that that's that's how you can round out a roster. And that's missing from every team this season. Right. Um, you know, so like the teams with the big salary cap, you know, with with big openings and like Cleveland, uh, you know, New England, which never spends. Uh, but I've read a lot that Bill Belichick said, fuck it. I've got to show Brady I can win without him. So I'm going to spend some money, too. You know, the, the teams that have a lot of big, uh, you know, a lot of space under the cap this season, you know, they're set. But it's the teams that are like right at the cap or over. Uh, you know, teams like the Chiefs, the Saints, um, if I remember correctly, the Seahawks were pushing it, the, the Steelers, you know, like they're it's going to be rough. I think we're going to see a lot of people cut, but that's just me. Well, I wonder, too, though, if they're banking on fans potentially being back in the stadiums to try to get some well, of that money. Yeah, back. well, every every. Every state's going to open a little differently, right? And, and have yeah, you, Texas you, has already said that the Rangers are going to play full stadium. Just for uh, three games at first, though. Oh, is like, that yeah. what it is? Yeah, last, and everybody still has to wear a mask yeah. and like all of that. But I, I really think that that's what they're doing. I think that they are planning for the stadiums maybe to even get to like half capacity. Yeah, I, I think states and recoup like, some of those money. I think recoup states like money. Ohio, Florida, Texas, you know, the essentially the the same cast of characters that uh, didn't really pay attention to COVID anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're, they're going to be the ones to fuck it all up. Yeah, but um, I, what I thought was what I, uh, you know, the NFLPA and and the owners, the team owners, cut a deal to where the losses from COVID are going to be spread out over like two seasons rather than just one, um, and then. You know, we might see a big spike in the cap in three years. Um, like I'm talking like 15 or 16 million dollar jump, you know, as hopefully we can not deal with COVID mutations. And, you know, do, do you think we'll see some uh, contracts structured to bet on that with some younger players where it's like lower year one and two and big jump in three? I, I don't know, maybe, but I mean, dude, uh, Christian McCaffrey—he redid his deal today. Uh, he he moved like six million dollars into a signing bonus, uh, which gave the Panthers like seven million dollars in flexibility going into this season. You know, I think you're going to see a lot of like your big money players will restructure uh, because who wants to be the highest paid player on a dumpster fire, right? Like the NFL has done a good job in 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 trying to flatten. You know, to, to, to make make it as, you know, a parody as much as possible in that league, right? So I everybody- have I, I I have an answer to your rhetorical question. Okay. Dak Prescott. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, since I wrote the notes, we're going to talk about next. Yeah, let's <laughs> jump into that. Uh, so the salary cap has been lowered to $182.5 million, or as I like to say, for Dallas Cowboys. Um, Jesus, (laughs) Dak Prescott got his deal, a four year, $160 million contract to stay with the Cowboys. Uh, the deal has a max value of 164 million with 126 in guaranteed money. Uh, it has a full no trade clause and a no tag provision. Um, 
And yeah, uh, so what? What? What's Dallas got left in money? You know what, dude? I'm just gonna go ahead now. Um, Heather, go ahead. You you look befuddled. So I'm you- just I'm just for Dak. Like I'm trying to figure out. I mean, it's worth did noting he- that Dak Prescott put up some incredible numbers to start the season. He did, yeah. But to also get a no trade clause and a no franchise tag clause. Like, did he actually suck Jerry Jones's dick for that deal? <laughs> like, it's did, possible. did he? I, I, that I, it just, it's the amount of money is fucking ridiculous. And the terms in it is just fucking ridiculous. So it, it, that's, that's my only, that's my only like theory as to what actually happened. Okay. Here, here's the deal, guys. All right, right now Dallas is sitting at one hundred ninety-eight million eight hundred sixty-six thousand four hundred eleven dollars for the twenty twenty-one salary cap. Okay, out of that, with Dak's new deal, he currently makes just shy of twelve percent of the total cap, which is par for the course for teams right now. Okay, because quarterbacks have seen their pay exponentially jump. Yeah, um, as have. Uh, defensive backs and left tackles. Um, but, you know, that still puts the Cowboys 16 mil over the cap. Where are those cuts going to come from? Right. Probably like the offensive line that you just that you need to pay to protect that guy. You just spent 40 million a year on. Yeah, but that's the thing. You know, you think Dak's first year, he was very good, you know, and so was Zeke um, because they had a dominant offensive line that has dropped off the face of the earth in the last two seasons. Um you know, and they were wildly overpaid, um, you know, so he, there's going to be some cuts. Um, you know, I, for me, you know, Heather, as we like to talk about fuck you money, mm-hmm. um, yo, that's like way too much fuck you money. I'm not saying Dak Prescott isn't a good quarterback. Uh, like Tim said, we saw him putting up phenomenal numbers before he was injured, but the Cowboys haven't gotten better with Prescott under center. And that, that that's an issue with the defense falling off, the offensive line falling off. Zeke Elliott just—it's like he signed his big money deal and was just like, "Okay, I got my money, I'm good." Okay, but now I'm I'm not a Cowboys apologist, but given I'm the sure, NFC I'm sure number, East, I'm sure number one fan wishes you were, but go I, ahead. I'm sure he does. But given the NFC East, the Cowboys were a playoff team before Dak went down. Yo, us three and eight of our buddies were a playoff team in the NFC East. <laughs> Okay, they were a playoff contender. As were we. Before Dak went down. As were we in the NFC East. Uh, and all they the other, went six and eight without him. In all the other divisions in football, we would not have done well. But in the NFC East, we could have been something, guys. We really could have. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean... It, Sorry, it, six and ten without him. I it, misspoke. It's okay. You know, but like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, just how... You know, he, he's going to make a ton of money. Yep. And the thing is, is Dallas can't get out from under him. He can't be cut, right? So if he doesn't play well, this isn't a guy you can cut and and just say, okay, um, if he, like, say he doesn't come back. Hold on, brother. Let me let me, let me me get you a good number here. Okay. Uh, right now, oh, excuse me. Uh, it's Demarcus Lawrence who is making 11.9% of the cap. Dak Prescott is just making shy of 11% going into this next season. Okay. okay. Uh, I guarantee you Lawrence is probably going to be asked to rework his deal. 
because they can't cut him. He has $44 million in dead money if he gets cut. Okay. Uh, but this is how his, you know, Dak's salary is structured. Going into next season, it's a $9 million base salary, 13.2 mil uh, for a, a signing bonus. Um, and if he were to, like, say he doesn't come back from injury correctly, and I'm not saying he's going to get cut after the first season, he's got $95 million in dead cap, right? Uh, 2022, $20 million base salary, $13.2 million signing bonus, $33.2 million cap hit. 2023, okay? 31 million base, 13.2 million salary, uh, uh, signing bonus, 44.2 mil cap hit. Okay. Like, right. And then the fourth deal, um, it, it, it's a potential out season. So, like, they, if they, they can mutually agree to part ways, right? But if he sticks around in Dallas, 29 million base, 13.2 million signing bonus, $5 million roster bonus, $47.2 million cap hit. And if they if they cut him, he still has twenty six point four million in dead cap money on the books. You know, like it's nuts. Like this is going like this is another example of Jerry Jones, the general manager, screwing Jerry Jones, the owner. You know, mm-hmm. like I just I just don't know how you have any kind of cap flexibility, um, especially as teams like Washington is improving. Especially, uh, you know, if if you know Philly will eventually bounce back, right? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. If- I just, I, I don't understand just going all in like that. Dude, yeah, I mean, Heather, with, I was- with so many people around you in your division that are building better programs. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know if he's, if it's senility that's, that's kicking in or pride and ego. It's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. And yeah, like, that's that's really I feel like that's that's a very like chargers way of doing things. <laughs> Dude, I, I just yeah, Heather, I'm with you. I was I was really surprised, uh, Tim. I don't know how you felt when you, when you saw he signed the deal. I was just like, uh what? It makes me a little worried as a Browns fan. Because Baker's deal is gonna be coming up. If I, I think he's up what next year, isn't he? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I could see Baker seems to love playing in Cleveland. He loves playing for Cleveland. He he's doing quite well on the endorsement side. Uh, in, in fact, he gets knocked for how many commercials he appears in. I could see Baker theoretically potentially going the Tom Brady route. That's, that's the fan in me hoping but Baker is also looking at, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Yes, he's won a Super Bowl, but just signed a massive contract. Dak Prescott won a football, a, a playoff game, um, and just got a massive contract. So he's seeing these big contracts, and it's really going to be a question of which way is he going to go. Yeah. Uh, Baker seems like the type of guy who's like, he's got that ego and that pride, but. He's not the show me the money type of attitude uh, because he's got his he's got his stuff set on the other side of things. Yeah. And I, I also think it's just like um, he is. Uh, he likes his team, you know, uh, Andrew Barry uh, is, is doing the, the smart build in Cleveland. Yeah, um, I, I really I really don't think that anybody can knock. Odell Beckham, I think that team's only going to get better because I, you know, I think Baker before Odell got hurt, 
was trying to force the ball to him to like make a point. But then he realized, dude, we're pretty good without Odell. They're, you know, Odell's only going to make them better. Yeah. Uh-huh. And anybody who says otherwise is fucking stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, and what I was going to say, though, if we were talking about Oklahoma Baker Mayfield, he would have been show me the money type. Yeah. Yeah, but, but he, he's humbled himself in Cleveland yeah, quite a bit. He's and he's been a lot. humbled he has. in Cleveland. Yeah, he has. He's matured a lot since he left there, for well, sure. Well, I'll, I will give him that. When you go to that. easily one of the just, worst run franchises listen, in the NFL at the beginning, you, it will be you have to. You, yeah. you have to get humbled. No, I'm sorry. I just really wanted to make that joke. So, and, yeah. and honestly, that city as a whole is rolling out the, the red carpet for him. They're going to roll out the Brinks trucks for him so that maybe he doesn't need to make the team do it as much yeah i mean i could see him taking like the hometown discount like honestly, yeah he's like, he's got those hulu commercials those are not coming cheap yeah um the, the progressive, progressive commercials which um, are really funny i do oh i, I love i love those. the at home with baker mayfield yeah Bro, I, i'm sorry like he's a marketable guy he's only gonna have yeah. more as like he starts winning you know i mean yeah. look, look at breeze man and I'm not saying he's not charismatic, but he's kind of cardboard and he, the dude has a ton of them, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm sure like when you sit down and like have a drink with Breeze and start talking about shit he likes, he's probably very animated and a cool guy to hang out with. But like you're putting a guy in front of a camera who looks like I don't want to be in front of this camera. I'm here so I can get paid, you know, like that's mm-hmm. how he looks, uh, you know, like that's what killed me. Like when we got the walk ons in Fayetteville and he's like they, they start running his commercials like, you know, he's just very wooden. You know, like here at Walk-Ons, we're here to bring you the finest of Bayou cuisine to your state. You know, like, bless. Listen, he just, he just, he he likes to be on the field. He doesn't need to be on camera. You know, but if a guy like that can pull in the endorsements the way he has, uh, Mayfield, who is, you know, ten times as charismatic, uh, and honestly, he's a better public speaker too. Like Baker, win or lose, that guy's always got a cool quip. You know, I I will say it's very reminiscent to, I can't believe I'm fucking saying this, but it's very reminiscent to Cam Newton. Cam Newton had that marketability beyond just like the, what was it? The, uh, the hamburgers and the French fries commercials that he used to do. Yeah. Like. Yeah, Dude, just any of them. Like he's he's just a, he's a really like you said he's he was super marketable. He's very charismatic, you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Tim, I think you're right. I think he takes a little less from Cleveland because he's doing well endorsement wise, and he's playing on a good team. Like yeah. I, I will take a little less money to play on a good team. Yeah. You know, so will. what is this going to do for somebody like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Oh, Josh Allen's gonna get fucking paid. Yeah. All right. Like Buffalo knows. Uh, like uh, Josh Allen this past season played himself into like a top eight spot quarterback in the NFL. And no one could argue that at this point. And I've been very adamant about eating my crow about Josh Allen. And I will say it again. I talked a lot of shit about him early. I was absolutely dead wrong. And he's done nothing but make that Buffalo team even better. And it, you could even say that he's what he has going in Buffalo is what Baker has going in Cleveland. Like the city of Buffalo has just embraced this man. He has embraced the city back, you know, like I don't it, they're they're going to be very comfortable. I don't think they're getting Dak Prescott money. I don't think many other general managers like you're going to have to factor that contract in. Right. You have mm-hmm. to because right. the Players Association says you have to. Dak Prescott is making this money. 
right? But I think every other general manager is probably in their office at this fucking very second. Like, Jerry, why did you fuck us like this? Why did you do this to us? Mm-hmm. You know, because I feel like he didn't run that by anybody. Oh, God, no. I feel like I, I think his son does, is probably does, crying. Right does now. Jerry Jones ever run anything past anybody except Jerry Jones? Well, dude, uh, he only took Prescott because his son told him to. Like, his son's an actual football guy, right? He grew up with these scouts. Like, he believes in scouting. You know, it's not just going after the big name. It's who can we draft or, or go out and, and sign in free agency to make our team better. Uh, that, you know, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Jerry Jones was calling J.J. Watt up. Like, hey, hey, J.J., come on down to Texas. We'll do this. Woo! You know, or whatever J.J. or, you know, uh, Jerry Jones sounds like. But, you know, like, just because he's a name. Probably like that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. As he's rolling around in the money that he gained from Texas's energy woes. Yeah, I said it. Fuck you, Jerry Jones. Um, <laughs> but you know, like he, he I, I just think like he needs to start going back to his scouting department and Stephen and just be like, hey, man, like we want to keep Dak. You know, I, I think there was some friction there between Jerry and Dak, and it's going to go away because you just got handed $126 million guaranteed. You know? yeah. All right. Well, let's turn to baseball for a little while. The Rangers have announced they are going to have a full house on opening day down in Texas. They will allow for a hundred percent capacity for their final two exhibition games and opening day and will opt for a socially distanced seating program in later games. And I don't buy that for a second. I don't know. Uh, nope. Masks will be mandatory and there will be no tailgating. Uh, Globe Life Field, the Rangers' new park, holds more than 40,000 people. Yeah, you want to know what the kicker is with the mask thing? That nobody's going to be wearing them because it's Texas and they lifted no. the mandate. And what they're going to do, what they're going to do is the governor said so. Well, you know, well, the no- governor said for you to wear your fucking mask and you wanted to fight that too. So now all of a sudden it's like, which is it? Yeah, well, the. This is the kicker. The Rangers have already put out they're going to institute a three strikes rule. Um, so, like, if you don't wear your mask or if you get caught tailgating, like a three strikes and you can't come back. But how many people are really going to push that issue in Texas? Exactly. If I'm so, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Mm, question. So, on strike one, if you say don't have your mask, right? Do you stay? Oh, well, I, I get three chances. Yeah. You know, like, do, do they get kicked out immediately or like what? Like, yeah. Like, how do you and then how do you track that? Can I make a proposal here? I want Major League Baseball to implement a three strike rule. That's fine. But if, I, if, I still, if, if you have if you have games canceled three times because you're you can't keep COVID under control, you're done for the season. You know, and that's dude, speaking I, as an Indians fan, or sorry, a Cleveland baseball team fan, uh, Cleveland baseball club, who I know it's going to affect. Scare these teams into taking care of themselves can it, can and I taking go, care of their people. Well, can I, I mean, I, it can I go ahead and point NFL, out because Rob, Rob Manfred didn't do that last season. <laughs> what I know think he's going to do it this season. Well, but what I'm, but well, but I mean. When the NFL stepped in and they took a real hard stance on it, you saw how quickly shit turned around. Okay. Okay. For a lot of the teams. I, so. I'm going to go historian on you here. Go Do for you know it. who Paul Giamatti was? Yes. The actor. Mm-hmm. His yes. father 
was the last commissioner of baseball uh, that had any power. And he was the guy who was there before Bud Selig. Mm. Okay. When Giamatti died, the MLB owners got together and said, this has got to fucking stop. We can't have a commissioner with this kind of power anymore. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is Bud Selig stood up and said, you know what? Fuck it. Okay. Uh, I'll be the interim commish. And he was the interim commish for how long, Tim? Like 10 fucking years, it seemed Something like. like. Yeah, it was a long time uh, before he officially took the job and he sold the Brewers. Because keep in mind, he was a team owner when he <laughs> stepped up into it. Okay. But Major League Baseball has has made their organization so the commissioner doesn't have a lot of pool, right? And Manfred thought he was going to come in and be able to have some and got his fucking pee-pee smacked by the owners and then has quietly just stepped back. Why do you think we're not having a full-time DH in the American League and National League, right? They, the owners let him get away with it because they wanted to get games on TV so they could make money last year. That's what right. it mm-hmm. But now that they know that states like Ohio and Texas and Florida and other states, I, you know, but let's face it, those three have been huge egregious offenders of social distancing and wearing masks and, and all that, right? They, they, those are three states with some of the highest rates of COVID in the country. Um, you know, and it, but there's going to be other states that do the same thing. Because when you have asses and seats at stadiums, what do they do after the game? They filter into the areas around the stadiums. They go get beers. They go eat dinner, whatever the case is, you know, and governors, even though they may, you know, you know, we, they want their people to be safe. And I'm sure there's some of them out there. I I don't know who they are, but I'm sure there's (laughs) some, Um, you know, they also want the economies to start getting back up to snuff, you know? So I don't think you're going to see a lot of pushback from governors when the team owners are like, Hey, you know, you said, 25% 25% capacity. Well, what about 35? You know, um, you know, it, it's, I, I don't think this is going to end pretty, you know, that's all I'm saying. Um, yeah. Tim. So like Heather, to answer your question, Manfred isn't going to step up and do like uh, uh, Goodell did because Goodell has the power to do that. And Manfred mm-hmm. does not. Mm. I can dream. I do a lot of that. I'm from Cleveland. Well, dude, <laughs> <laughs> The two best players in a perpetual state of daydream. Yeah. Yeah. The two best players from the Cleveland baseball club already had to get pulled uh, from game, you know, from game activities because they violated COVID rules again. Yep. You know? Yep. Ramirez and Reyes, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and not not to sidetrack, but Tim, uh, Cleveland's going to look like major league this year. I don't recognize half the fucking roster. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, I recognize those two and we've got some pictures i know still yeah um, you know I'm, I'm half expecting willie mays hayes to be in the lineup tomorrow for uh, one of the spring training games yeah but we just had the uh the cy young winner so he'll be traded by the uh trade deadline yeah i wouldn't be surprised because they hate us yeah uh speaking of the cleveland baseball team one of their former players is an asshole yeah. Ass hat. Yeah, Johnny Damon, who had a long career in the majors with the Royals, A's, Red Sox, Yankees, Tigers, Rays, and the Cleveland baseball team, was cited for a DUI in Windermere, Florida on February 19th. Police body cam footage would show his wife fighting with the police officer, as well as Damon telling the police, quote, I'm a good fucking guy, and, quote, we're Blue Lives Matter. And that the police were targeting him because he voted for Trump in oh. Florida. 
Yeah, hold on. Wait, I, I have actual full quotes. Targeting actually, him because oh. he voted yeah, for I Trump. Quotes. I have I have in full quotes. Florida. Uh quote unquote, <laughs> believe me, I'm blue lives matter. What are you doing right now? We're all for cops. Guys, we're all for cops. Hey, bro, I'm a good guy. And I know people are trying to target me because I'm a Trump supporter. He said, and during his field sobriety test, Damon appeared unsteady on his feet. And he repeatedly said, yeah, I'm good, bro. Fuck Johnny Damon. Do you know? Do you know what he blew? No, I didn't even see that. He blew between. (laughs) He had a, a reportedly. It was between 0.294 and 0.3. That is a Wade Boggs level of drunk. Nearly four times the limit. Wow. Holy fuck balls, man. Like, you guys know I like to drink. I don't think I've ever been that drunk. I was in the 82nd. I know debauch levels of drunkenness. That's fucking ridiculous. And then his wife tried to fight a cop. That was my favorite part of it. <laughs> yeah, but their blue lives matter. Yeah. You know, I just, dude, that is fucking crazy. I mean, you know, people make mistakes. Uh, you know, I freely meant that. And I want I wanted to go on record that, you know, I want, I'm glad nobody got hurt. That's, that's the important part. Nobody got hurt, right? But like, dude, when you're throwing out there, I'm a good fucking dude. You know, I'm. I'm Blue Lives Matter. <laughs> like, come on, bro. And Heather, you know, if he blew that high, I I uh I expect that like he knew he was fucked. Like he what? knew it. Just like just just the audacity that he thought <laughs> that he could get out of it for being like, I support cops. Like well, bro, this is this is I think this is gonna be the shittiest part. Like if a regular Joe did this. They're losing their license for a period of years. When they get it back, they're going to have like an interlock. You know, they're going to have all that. How much you want to bet Johnny Damon doesn't see any of that shit? No, absolutely not. No, because it's Florida. Well, and he's a millionaire. Yeah. Is he still? Oh, dude, he he made like $300 million in his career, dude. Uh, oh. I mean, that's so, yeah, you, that's, could be, um... you could be really bad with money. He's only been retired nine years, dude. I don't give a fuck how much you spend. You're not blowing through like we'll we'll say he even had half that, right? Yeah. You're not blowing through 150 mil in nine years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and also too, um, just so everyone is, is aware, there was two hours of footage that was released, so you can watch it for yourselves. Oh my god, two, two hours of footage two with them. Hours of body cam footage was released. Oh my god. That's bro. insane. So that's how long it went on for. <laughs> wow. Can you like can you imagine being the cop that pulls him over and they're just like, dude, we got one. Like this will be easy peasy. We'll put him in the back of the car, tame the station, go back on patrol. And then mm-hmm. like you get this rich dickhead talking all this shit to you. The wife tries to fight you and like you're dealing with them on the side of the road for two hours. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like one of those things where it's like people get way too involved on on shit. And you're like, ma'am, this is a Wendy's. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's what this is. That's what this is. <laughs> that's exactly this. Ma'am, 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 ma'am. Here's your Baconator. Get the fuck out. You know? Yeah, this is. <laughs> 
this is a bank lobby. Can you stop, please? Like, yeah, like what? No, sir, you were not targeted because you're a Trump supporter or that you probably have a Blue Lives Matter sticker on your car. You are four times the legal limit. Well, dude, Heather, it's got to be even more than that because, like, you're legally drunk in most states at 0.05. No, well, this one, well, the state limit in Florida is 0.08. Oh, oh, god damn. That's how it is in North Carolina. 0.07 is sober or, you know, not, you know, drunk. And 0.08 is when you get a DUI. Is, yep. I That's considered legally that. drunk. Yep. Um, no, point zero five is your uh, is legally drunk once you've already had a DUI. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, see, okay. I don't know about all that. So. All right. Well, uh, um, once you get your license back, it drops down to point zero four is okay. Point zero five is not for a while. Okay. Well, so well, yeah, it's, um, it's yeah. still fuck. That's batshit crazy to me, man. Like I can't. Like for me, like at that point, I'm looking for like McDonald's fries in a bed. You know? Same. Same. Like, I'm not. That's I'm how like, I am. I'm not trying to do anything that requires Mm-mm. coordination. Like no. I'm not even surfing the internet Dude. at point three. Or, you know, like how many conversations, how many Skype conversations have the th- the four of us? Because I'm going to include number one fan because yeah. it's he's usually involved. Have we had Mac, especially you know, yeah. where I literally just disappear because I fell asleep. Yeah. After drinking. <laughs> I don't even say bye. There's not like a transition statement. You, you, you do I'm a good, just gone. You do an, a good Irish goodbye, Heather. You really Thank you. Do. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. I'm just saying like, and that could be me like three drinks in. Maybe. I No. Yeah. Uh-uh. No, yeah. no. I'm not anywhere I, near the road. Yeah. Well, before we get into the USC stuff, uh, one last note on baseball, and we're living up to our name. The Woodpeckers' schedule has been announced. All right. We are getting minor league baseball back here in Fayetteville. Um, We'll finally have something local to talk about. Right. Uh, The season opens at Carolina for six straight games before the home opener on May 11th with – I don't know who K A N is. I Canap- probably should. That's it, not. It's got to be Canapolis. That that can't be Canapolis. Oh no, that's they might be. They might be in the same league now because of the restructuring. Yeah. So we we open at home on May 11th against Canapolis. So baseball season has is, is around the corner, and maybe we'll get to take in some uh, some Woodpeckers games. I'm very excited about that possibility. Yeah, man, it's it's nice, um, you know, that, uh, you know, we're, we're getting baseball back. You know, I, I love minor league baseball, so, like, I'm really pumped that it's coming back. Um, I'm not happy about the new setup at all. Um, Absolutely. We've, we've, we've spent hours on that yeah, one. Yeah, I think it's gross. Um, you know, I, I hate that it's, it's low A instead of, you know, this South Atlantic league, you know, but well, you know, what the fuck do I know? Right. Like what the fuck do I know? Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun and, and, you know, I'm hoping it is Canapolis, Tim. I, I got the enlarged roster. We got the Mudcats, Canapolis. I think they changed their names, Augusta, Charleston, uh, all in the first month. So that's, that's cool. Um, all right. but, uh, you know. It it just it kind of sucks that you know we we have low A now and high A and double A like come on man 
man. Give us give us the old league names back. Stop being assholes. Thank you for fucking up something else, Rob Manfred. But I'm not going to get started on this because we're going to talk about one of the better cards we've seen in a few years from the UFC this weekend. Um, and Heather, mm-hmm. yeah, I, sorry, buddy. I kind of took over for Tim there. Uh, but Go for it. You know, uh, you you have some notes. I got some things about the fights as well because your boy watched it. Not going to say how. Mm, okay. Okay. That's fine. That's, I know nothing. I'm like Jon Snow. I know nothing. That's, that's, um, why, that's why we're friends, Heather. Yep, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, like it was actually a really good card. Outstanding. Uh, this, card. Yeah. Like there were a couple of fights where it was kind of like, meh. But the ones that were like major were fantastic. Tim, were let's put it this So way. good. You know, it's a good card when on the undercard, the UFC and ESPN are scrambling for filler for 45 minutes before the main card starts because everybody got knocked the fuck out essentially mm-hmm. in the undercard, man. <laughs> it was great. It was, it was super good. Um, so, I mean, I really just have notes for like the top three. Um, so I'm curious to know what your top, what, what was your favorite one? Um, honestly, it was Nunez. Uh, I, oh my I love, god yeah i love amanda nunez um i don't think there was any question that she wasn't going to win this fight although uh, uh you know megan anderson the woman that she fought was much bigger much mm-hmm. bigger like she was much taller um like i think amanda nunez struggles to hit 145 honestly i don't think she, like i think she's naturally a, a you know 135 fighter but she holds mm-hmm. titles in both weight classes yeah um, but i think like she sits there and instead of like sitting in the sauna, like she's pounding like donuts to hit 145, right? I just think yeah. she's that disciplined in her conditioning and the way she carries herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she took Anderson into the fucking woodshed, man. Dude, Anderson looked like a deer in headlights and just had no answers for her, like at all. Well, Heather, have you ever is- have you ever been attacked by a honey badger? Because that's essentially what fucking happened. <laughs> Dude, yeah. well, even James was saying when we were watching the fight, he was like. She could go into the men's division and fuck shit up. Yeah. I, like, I mean, he was it, like, he was like, that is one girl I would not. No. Would because, not. Like, technically, she's better than every other woman um, mm-hmm. in the UFC. And I don't think that that could be, even be argued at this point. Like, she is the best female fighter ever. Like, nobody, there is nobody that comes close, right? Like, we can thank Rousey for having a nice run and putting women's MMA on the map, right? We can yeah. thank, you know, as much as I dislike the woman now, but we can thank Gina Carano for even, like, making women's MMA a thing. Yeah. You know? Um, but, like, Amanda Nunez, though, she's not she's, she's winning different. fights. She is dominating these fights. Yeah, she's, there's, I mean, there's not anybody that can really compare to her, um, except for maybe, and I'm going to butcher her name, it's Valentina Shevchenko. Shevchenko. Yeah. Shevchenko, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, really, that's probably the only person who could who could. Um, I don't even think, or at the, least, or at least, just make it a real fight. Yeah, I don't think Shevchenko could even push the pace that Nunez has because yeah. that woman has pure knockout power. Um, she's very good with her head movement, so she doesn't take a lot of shots. And then she's also so good she can get you on the ground and have you tapped out before. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Because you know, the second she got Anderson in that arm bar, I was like, she's going to fucking break it. She's going to break it if she doesn't tap out. 
You know, and this is this is the issue though now is how does the UFC find fighters because they don't they don't have a lot of women in the 145 pound division. So there no. is no clear contender there. And honestly, there is no clear contender at 135. Yeah. And that's the thing and that's the thing is that it could be the death of the division because yep. if she has nobody to really fight against, then it's kind of like the Tyson type fights back in the day. Yeah. I mean the 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 issue with with Dickhead, uh, also known as Dana White, um, who I think it's time for him to step aside. I really do. It, it's time for him to just keep your equity in the UFC and take a walk, bro. Go enjoy your bajillion million dollars, right? Um, he he only started the 145 pound women's division because of Cyborg, right? That was the mm-hmm. only reason he did it was to yeah, get yeah, because he's talking about getting rid of it. Yeah, yeah. and now you know it's like. You know, you can like they have a partnership with Invicta, mm-hmm. you know, so they can pull, you know, that's an all women's fight league, which is amazing. Uh, you know, I don't know if James watches it, but I enjoy it. Um, you know, there's some good fighters over in one. Uh, Bellator still kind of building up their their women's divisions. But like, oh, no, James, James loves watching the women fight. Yeah. He well, I, just, I wasn't sure. Like, dude, I, I'm, no, I, I share. No, he loves it. He loves I, it. I share a password with somebody so I can watch Invicta. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, he loves watching the women's fights. Yeah, I mean, Invicta's yeah. great, you know, but like, where where do you get a contender to keep Nunez interested in continuing to train? And and because like that's one of his his it, like that's one of the main draws now. People want to mm-hmm. see what Emmanuel Nunez is doing. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is is now though you kind of you're running the risk of okay, well, if she heads a card. Are you going to drop seventy dollars yeah. for a clean win that's going to be over in like less than a minute? Well, that that's why you stack it the way they did this weekend. You put yeah like two or three title shot, you know, title fights exactly. On yeah, and you let let Nunez be the headliner. I'm mm-hmm. okay with dude. How they used to do that for fucking, you know, like uh, you know, back back in the day, like you know, guys like GSP. You knew like early GSP fights were not going to be long affairs. Yeah, you know? he was gonna grind you down into dust within two rounds. Like mm-hmm. you knew that. You yeah. know. Like it, it's just there. There's a smart marking way, and if you and I can figure this out, Dana White is probably overpaying someone, you know, by a mm-hmm. lot to figure yeah. that out as well. Yeah. You know? But I, you know, I think my second favorite was the Blackowitz, you know, Adesanya fight. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I, 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 I always question guys doing the big jump, and from middleweight to light heavy, you're you're fighting guys that are going to make weight. Like Blackowitz is a professional; he's never missed weight. He's mm-hmm. always come in at around 205 right but let him rehydrate overnight he's back up at 220 225 and yeah. was eating pizza as he's yeah on, on way in yeah yeah you yep. know like yep like yep. dude he's he's not you know again like i admire these guys for wanting to be like the champ champ like let's go get another belt another division but you know the the whole reason this happened was because they wanted an itasanya john jones john jones fight and and i'm sorry itasanya got outclassed completely the Blackowitz did whatever he wanted in that fight. Um, you know, he knew he was the bigger guy, so he took him down a lot. You know, Itasani is this amazing counterpuncher. Well, if you're not just walking straight into it, you know, he was, you know, Blackowitz was very, uh, I think it's Blockowitz actually, he's Polish. Um, you know, he was, you know, very uh, uh, strategic with him, with the punches he threw, so he wasn't just wildly throwing where Itasani could reach out and connect. You know, he went in there with a good game plan. Um, and I thought that was great because, you know, you got to think a couple years ago, Blokovic was on the cusp of getting cut and now he's the mm-hmm. light heavyweight champ. 
mean, that's yeah. Well, and well, and Jan said after the fight that Izzy hit way harder than he thought he would, and so um, and that as the slower fighter, he looked to his wrestling and his strength, yeah, to to pull it out or whatever. But see where that and some of these notes are are thanks to James because he does he's a lot more in depth in it than i am and i'm I'm selling it well but these are these are his notes so i want to give credit where credit is due thanks number one fan we appreciate you my friend yes yes uh but he says that if izzy takes time to move up to 205 he said he he, his exact words are good lord look out yeah but i mean i think it is sonia is one of those guys that is going to struggle to put on the weight and and still keep like that hands that hand speed, mm-hmm. um, yeah. You know, and that's always that's always the struggle. Like especially when he, you know he's cleaned out middleweight, he's done a really good job. And there's still some great mm-hmm. middleweight fighters that he could fight and make some money off of. You know, but like you want to chase the John Jones fight because of that stupid UFC pay structure, right? You want mm-hmm. you want that big fight. Yeah. Um, and I get go ahead and chase it, dude. You know that fuck it, why not? But like mm-hmm. I don't think he's ready to move up to guys that are going to outweigh him by. 20, 25 pounds, you know, on yeah. Fight. yeah. I, I don't, I don't think he's ready for that. You know, like I, I think uh, James was right though. And that it t- take a year or two and do it, like do it healthy. And mm-hmm. so it, it, you get closer to it being your walk around weight and then go ahead and do it. Right. Mm-hmm. But just don't do one fight camp. And then be like, Oh, I can get five more pounds. Yeah. It's fine. You know, we'll yeah. be fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um. Well, the fight that I'm really ready to talk to you about, because I watched it too, and we were gagged by it. Um, the uh, Peter Yawn. Yeah, the illegal knee. Uh huh. Yep. Wow. Uh, so basically, uh, for those who didn't get to see it, Tim, um, <laughs> basic. <laughs> You, you here, UFC it has was a, a really it was a really fast paced fight. Yeah. It, because they're, they're this is for the 135 pound men's championship. Yeah. So these face these these fights are ridiculously frenetic. It, there's a lot mm-hmm. of movement. These are great athletes. But the UFC has a rule where if you have two points of contact on the mat, you are down. You're considered you are, down. You are considered down. Mm-hmm. So Heather, now go ahead. I got Okay, it. yeah. So what happened? What, what happened, happened was, was <laughs> Sterling started to get tired in the later rounds. He did. Because as he was saying, like the energy is up. And so it's just fast. It's a really fast fight. Right. And, and really like it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like I wouldn't say there was necessarily a clear person with an advantage. Yeah. I I thought it was a lot closer than what the cards came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was too. Like I really thought it was really evenly matched. For the two of them. Okay. So anyways, so I forget what it was, what it was that took Sterling down to the mat, but he had his full right leg and shin down on the mat and he had like his left hand. So he was, yeah, his left hand. So it was almost like he was on all fours and then just for whatever you see Peter Yan knee him in his forehead yeah and dude tim you heard the, it connect and you just oh my god like, oh, it was fuck. so bad yeah mm. like and he he fell back 
that man could not get up without assistance. Yeah. He had to be walked out of the ring. That's how hard it hit. Damn. Yeah. And and Sterling had been working for the shot for a while. Oh, my God. If there's anything Dana White hates, then uh, 145 pound female fighters. He hates 125 and 135 pound male fighters as well. Yeah. And and what was so fucked up about it was that Herb had said Herb had said that he's down. Yeah. Right. And you could hear Peter Yawn ask his corner, do I do I hit him? Oh, and his corner and, was like, fuck yeah, dude, hit yeah, him. Yeah, and the dude was like, yes. And so so he was given bad advice. Now I did listen to afterwards where they were like, Oh, well, there might have been like a language barrier or whatever, but it's like, no, dude, you fucking know. I feel like you've been doing this long enough to know. Right. If you have two points of contact down, the person is down. Yeah. You don't ask. You I mean, don't it, ask if you if you can hit them. That was the shittiest part, though, is that it was such a good fight. And that's not how Sterling wanted to win the belt. Tim, what happened was Peter Yon was champ and he was stripped. For, yeah. He was, he was stripped okay. by, dis, by disqualification. Yeah. yeah. I was, um, that was going to be my next question. What was the result on yeah. that? Yeah. So, and Sterling, Sterling actually threw the belt on the ground. Yeah. He was so unhappy about it well dude because that's it, not how he wanted to when win. you put in the years yeah that way when you i mean yeah you don't want to win by disqualification yeah. but yeah. Dude, and, i mean eon was apologetic but i'm telling you right mm-hmm. now if i'm sterling and they're gonna there's gonna be a rematch you know white mm-hmm. is gonna milk this for all it's worth there's gonna be a rematch um yeah if i'm sterling i'm going in for the fucking kill you know what i mean like bro you blatantly broke the rules like that that wasn't even like a kind of sort of thing no it's it's blatant yeah for sure and And khabib was saying you know like that yan's corner was telling him to knee in russian dude but the thing is is they've done a fight camp for six to eight weeks exactly even even if there is a language barrier there you you decide on the cues to let you know when to strike you know when to take down like there's there's commands for sure yeah, Coaches but like, but like I said, he's been doing it long enough to know yeah. what the rules are, and I yeah. and like I said, he was apologetic for it at the end of it or whatever. Like, okay, cool, but, but still, it's dude, still fucked up. You fucking need a dude on the ground. Like, mm-hmm. you could have cracked his skull. You could have ended his dude. Fuck that guy. All right. Oh like, yeah, for sure. Hey, so I'll, I'll tell you right now, the rematch, Heather. I'm going to, dude, I might buy an Aljamain Sterling fucking walkout shirt, like just mm-hmm. to be an asshole, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And, and a, a rematch is probably going to happen yeah. well, dude, he, because he, I, he, I feel like Sterling is not going to let that be the deciding thing. At and all. that'll line him up for a third fight. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it will. Yep. So, so yeah, that's what happened at uh, UFC 259 this weekend. Yeah. A, a good card. And it's about fucking great time. card. It was a great card. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm tired of having to pay for uh, <laughs> pay-per-view cards. Air quotes. When they quotes. suck. Yeah. No, this one was good. This one was really good for sure. So. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Let's try something new this week. Mac, what are you plugging this week? I'm plugging the You Don't Know History podcast, my friend. That would be my history podcast. That's the little podcast that could, uh, as well as the adjoining Twitch stream, which I started today. And as I alluded to earlier, uh, the production value is straight ass right now, but I will learn it and it will get better. Uh, so Heather, if, if you want to be a pal, 
uh, why don't you guys go ahead and go to Patreon uh, and become a patron, and you can get all the cool stuff like bonus episodes and my writings about the episodes. So that would be swell. Heather, what do you want to plug this week? Um, you know what? I am going to plug marital tiffs because <laughs> poor Karen. I've yeah. been there twice. I know what it's like. She's in the 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 ending. She's in the home stretch of the pregnancy, and I know what that feels like. And you are just miserable, and just everyone around you needs to be miserable. Um, but definitely, you know, I definitely support this little fun couple that are getting ready to bring a little person into the world. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think we have decided that we're probably just going to go ahead and put it on hiatus now until uh, like several weeks after the baby's yeah. born. Okay, well, well, she's look, she's not been up, up to the recording. Yeah. Uh, no, so there's no. plenty of episodes to listen up. there. Yeah. Catch up on the episodes in the meantime. Uh, I'm going yeah, to go ahead and plug again uh, Boozy Bracketology, one of my favorite shows I'm on this week. Uh, again, we argue from 64 in a given topic all the way down to crowning one. It spun out of the fact that there was no March Madness last year, so they started their own March Madness. So every month they have a different topic. They've done Disney movies, TV uh this month we're doing TV show theme songs. They've done sports movies and somehow Moneyball made the final four. What? Uh, Ew. Yeah. Oh, um, gross. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Uh, they've done, you know, uh, comic book movies and all sorts of things. They did a great one for uh, 90s alternative rock songs. Oh, man, I would have loved it. Oh, God, yeah. that's so good. Um, no, Tim, why actually, don't you hook me up if you if they send you a good topic, man? I would love to. Yeah, I, I um, will definitely do that. And Chris, if you're listening, you know, there, there's some Chris, strong opinions right? and strong drinks on this show. Oh, so. your boy, for Chris, sure. you have two amazingly energetic and overly opinionated co-hosts of Tim's right here and myself mm-hmm. and Heather. Oh, for that, sure. That yeah. would be great. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and also too, just, just for our uh, listeners to all 24 of you, um, number one fan is going to be on bench warmers. Yes, he will. For their, for their wrestling episode. So if you guys could definitely tune in for that, uh, that would be fantastic. And Yeah. All right. And well, I, you can I, find- I think it's safe before you go on. I think it's off to say we're going to plug uh, Karen. Karen is the champ here. We love you, Karen. <laughs> Karen. Karen's the hero of the week. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, well, you can find us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get in the conversation on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd Pod. You can subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. If you're an Apple listener, drop us a review and we will read it on the air. You can find us on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Check out 910 Comedy on Facebook and check out our sister shows. That's just my face, Dead Girls Talking, and the aforementioned Marital Tiffs. For Heather and Mac, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. So, word of advice, always choose, if given the option, to be dumb and beautiful. Because then (laughs) you don't know how dumb you are. Uh, Have a good week. I wish I had that on.